In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This Christmas, I was looking forward to have, having family come down from New York to spend time with my wife and I, kind of. <laughs> Indeed, I was excited about seeing family, people that I truly love and miss seeing regularly. But on the other hand, I also had memories of exchanges and experiences, experiences of visits during the past Christmases that were not what I had in mind. And that's what loomed over their coming visit that left some bitter thoughts in my mind. But this time felt different from the very moment they appeared at our front door. As always, their nine to 10 hour drive from New York City to Charlotte can be concerning because of such a long drive. This was particularly true this year due to the heavy rain along the way and along with the fact that a large portion of their journey would be in the dark. What I was not in complete contact with was the, my, the darkness looming over my heart. When they arrived, well after midnight, all I could feel was pure joy in seeing them safely arrive. It was from that vantage point that put to rest some of my brooding thoughts and inclinations I had been living with, at least for that moment. It was the beginning of a perspective that had been eluding me. If I were to be honest, my less than generous feelings had been festering for years. And yet, these were things that I had not looked at for what they were. You see, there was always in my mind, at least I thought it was a good reason, to feel the way I did. In years past, I had made a point of saying to my family that I didn't want any gifts. Instead, I requested that they give any gifts they had in mind to charity instead. After all, I was making a statement about the real purpose of Christmas. You know what I mean, not giving in to that commercial thing. I was above all that. What I came to realize is that I was, in fact, experiencing a kind of selfishness embedded in righteousness, something that I hadn't seen before for what it was. But something had changed this year. For the first time in a long time, with the help of a very patient and understanding wife, I took joy in picking out gifts for my visiting family. Something was changing 
and my understanding. And when on Christmas morning we gathered around the tree, I experienced something that I had lost, which was the sharing of love, a love bigger than any packaged gift, any perception, any theology. Rather, the gift was the love of God. I realized it wasn't the gifts weren't what was important. What was important was the love that was symbolized by the gifts. The, co the coming of God amongst us is about being prepared to be surprised, to be surprised and to be transformed. It's about being able to look and see through the eyes of God, allowing yourself to be transformed. Even in the midst of darkness, there is blessing upon blessings. If we are willing to look beyond ourselves, the only way to know this is to live into divine truth. This can be found in today's lesson from Ephesians, where Paul writes, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. He destined us for adoption through Jesus Christ by his glorious grace that he bestowed on us, his beloved. This everlasting divine meaning is too often lost to us. When we disregard the spirit of God given to each of us, when we forget what it means, in fact, to be beloved. This was certainly true for King Herod, as it was for me this past Christmas. Matthew tells us that in the time of King Herod, shortly after the birth of Jesus, there were wise men who came from the east, who were told are searching for the king of the Jews. They were guided by a star and they came to pay him homage. This is revealing, my brothers and sisters, that it were strangers, strangers from a foreign land who understood the meaning that is the birth of Christ. Rather than those who were closest to him, those who knew him by birth, those who knew him by ethnicity and religion. It was those closest to him who, after all, had the benefit of scripture. The only thing the men from the East had was the wisdom of their hearts and the faith that comes from that. The Magi announced the reason for their long journey. They proclaimed, they have come to pay him homage. Their journey is a primal metaphor for the life of faith. The Magi's faith journey begins with the need to give themselves completely and utterly 
to the only person worth worshiping, God in human flesh. Herod, on the other hand, has a far different agenda. When he heard about the birth of Jesus, we are told he was frightened. Paradoxically, that's followed by saying all of Jerusalem along with him. It is true that when whatever evil leaders come up, up with is utterly meaningless without the support of everyday people. Without that, evil could not exist. It wasn't only Herod who was afraid. Herod gathered around him the chief priests and scribes to inquire of them where the Messiah was to be born, for his intention was to kill him. Herod, unlike the wise men, represents tyranny rather than compassion and justice. That is the way of Jesus Christ. Herod was only interested in what he perceived would meet his interests. His paradigm was born of selfishness embedded in self-righteousness. Matthew gives us a sense of the incarnation in the story of the wise men. It's telling to realize that the people who understood just who Jesus was and his meaning came about from people who were outside the very same people who should have known and understood who he was. Sometimes it's necessary to look outside to see what's going on inside. It was the men from the east who came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born the king of the Jews? For it was they who observed his star rising and had come to pay him homage. The translators of the NRSV wanted to make clear the meaning of homage, which means to worship. The implication is clear in Greek, since proskianos was commonly used to describe the custom of prostrating oneself before the feet of the king. The implication of the coming of the savior of the world is about what is revealed and how we are to respond to that. The meaning and purpose of the star is something paramount to the narrative of the wise men. Now, this recalled for me two recent stories I had come across on the news. These were stories about how astrology was taking off among millennials. The conclusion of the story was that this was something that had come about because of the rejection of organized religion among that demographic. Nonetheless, there was a search for something that would give their lives meaning and transcendent 
purpose. Looking to the stars for the answers does not resolve the question concerning the meaning of lives. Without divine revelation, we miss the good news, the good news to all of humanity, the coming of God in human flesh, the Messiah, the Messiah who has come to set us free from our own brokenness. This was certainly true for me this past Christmas when I was caught up in my own perceptions about the meaning of the birth of the Savior, both for the world and for my own soul. Jesus helped me to see that which was beyond my own ego. When I did, I find myself filled with a love beyond anything I thought I deserved, a love that was embodied in the people around me who wanted to share with me their love. My sisters and brothers, this is the promise of the incarnation for all. If we are willing and truly willing to see the wisdom of our hearts through the eyes of our God. Amen. <laughs>